2: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per
1: line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. CTmobile.com. Can't see K&C masterpiece right here on 1053 The Fan. Countdown to spring training. We will be leaving for Arizona on Sunday. Us and the G Bag Nation will be partying out there at spring training all week long. Because we actually give a damn and we're going to show up to spring training. Damn right. We'd want to deliver
2: the news about sports and baseball to you and watch every single Jacob deGrom pitch thrown off of any mound. But don't
1: you have alarming Jacob deGrom news?
2: Mike? Yeah. (laughs) Why are you making this so stressful already, y'all? The update from uh, Evan Grant. Okay, Evan Grant. Here we go. According to his math. So I don't know if you can trust that or not.
0: To his, I can trust his, I'll trust
2: his math. Jacob DeGrom threw 22 pitches. Oh, no. What? What? Oh, no, Mike.
0: You just said 22 pitches. Yeah, what is that?
2: And then he left the mound with Mike Maddox. (laughs) Oh, no. And they were both smiling. (sighs) Is that a good thing? To Dr. Meister? Mm Mm-hmm. Lots of fist bumps at the end. Come on, Mike! Uh, expert and <laughs> uh, lots of fist bumps at the end from Levi Weaver. By the way, so uh, there you go. Everything's everything's good. He's, he's back, saying baby. there were fist bumps,
1: or Levi Weaver was fist bumping everybody. I think
2: what happened, uh, guys. Y'all can correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh, is that? Jacob DeGrom threw 22 pitches and Maddox was like, and now we bring the closer in to finish the game out because all you needed was these 22 to get us to Is the ninth this inning. Is
1: what it's going to be like all spring training? Every time he does anything, you're going to kind of hold your breath a little bit. You can get 24 outs in 22 pitches now. You just
0: need the hitter to stop getting in the batter's <laughs> box. And you're like, strike one, didn't throw a pitch. He's like, I can't believe it. He starts arguing with the umpire, strike two, Whoa. and then strike three because he's really mad and you
2: didn't even have to throw a pitch and you got the guy out so there it is look man when we go to Cowboys camp what you have Dave Hellman you have Machoda you have Bobby all those people are out there putting every single video of Noah Brown and Simi Fahoko catching catch passes right like that's happening out there and right now you have Jared Sandler Evan Grant Levi You got Kennedy Landry they're all posting videos of Jacob DeGrom's uh, uh, first bullpen so this is the coverage, man. Now, Rangers are just as big as the Cowboys. So
1: do you think we need to have like Mike on the phone at some point calling to let us know how things yes, are going for Yes, Mike, you're going to
2: go watch a full, I don't know, Jack Leiter, Kumar Rocker game, and DeGrom. We're going to send you White. out all the time. Yes, old White. Well, look, The great
0: news is, if people don't know this, we are in the press box for the main field. But nothing happens on the main field except the main 1 p.m. game. But on the backfields, just, you know, I don't know, 200 yards away, there's eight There's eight fields back there, really nine fields. One's a half field for the Rangers to practice on. And on those four of those fields, the major leaguers are working on. On the other four fields, the minor leaguers are working on. And you can see a whole – and it's all free. I always tell people that's all free. You get. You don't have to pay a dime – To go to all those backfields and see all the games and all the workouts. There's going to be what they call a B game, which is a major league game happening back there. And then there's going to be a triple-A, double-A, high-A, low-A, and rookie ball game happening back there. Almost every day that you can go watch and see.
2: And Mike will be back there during the show covering every drop, every hit, every foul ball for us, Kevin. By the way, Mike, we may want to look at this. When when he throws this last pitch, I want to see if you think he comes up a little. You know. Come on.
1: What
0: are you doing? He's going to be perfect. All right. It, for at uh, least 20 starts.
1: Okay. that's and Maybe even 33. If he pitches 30 games, I think we're going to be awesome. Now, we've talked about this a lot. Expectations for this Rangers team. And I wanted to throw something out. I was looking at the... Prediction for MLB win totals by Vegas and I know it'll alter a little bit from casino to casino or organization to organization, but The way we talk about the Rangers the feedback we get it kind of reminds me of last year last year It felt like if the Rangers don't win At least 81 games like if they don't go at least 500 it felt like the season to a lot of people was going to be a failure this year And obviously, they did not. They won 68 games. They came up well short of that. And this year, it feels like people are thinking if this team doesn't make the playoffs, it's a failure. And when you look down at the betting odds, they're predicted to win 82 and a half games. And even that is up with all of the spending they've done in the last several weeks. 82 and a half games, that doesn't get you into the playoffs. So I'm wondering. What are people's expectations, and are they not realistic?
0: I'm worried about that. My expectation is this, 84 wins and not making the playoffs. Okay. Uh, That would be a 16-game improvement. Right, and I know they've added a lot of pitching, and they're hoping that guys like Josh Young you know, have a major impact. He's right now, uh, according to uh, MLB, they just put out – it's random rankings. There might be Vegas rankings on this, but they say that – Josh Young has the fifth best chance to win American League Rookie of the Year. Okay. And you really need him, honestly, to finish in the top five for sure. we would love for it to be top three. You'd love for it to be one. But if he's a top three candidate for AL Rookie of the Year, that's a heck of a year uh, for Josh Young this year. I just look at it and go from 68 wins to that many wins. You need what I think will be a stronger bullpen. So uh, here's what you really need if you want 90 wins. You need the Rangers to play so well early on in the year that Chris Young goes, All right, let's go get two Bull release pin, pitchers. Yeah. Let's go get I always forget, you know, I know Mike Adams. Was it Koji Uhara in the same cause? I f- yes. And think he ended so. up not working out. Uhara just really struggled with the Rangers, went on to win, you know, as a closer, uh, the World Series with the Boston Red Sox. But I could see where Chris Young gives this thing two months. He sees what April and May look like. And if this team's ten games over five hundred, I think you could see him add two pieces to his bullpen to really bolster that up because come August and September, I do think the Rangers are going to need a better bullpen than what they're taking to spring training to win 90 plus games. And 86 gives you a chance to make the playoffs 90. You'll make the playoffs the way that the playoff format is, has changed now. Um, But I think I've hearing a lot of people going, no, this is a playoff team. And in the history of baseball, this is what the scary part is in the history of baseball. This has tried to be done before by a whole bunch of different organizations, and it has really struggled to work out on the on the field as the piece of paper says, when we spend all this money, a lot of times teams find themselves a year and a half into it trying to dump a lot of salaries because the team didn't come together the way they thought it would.
1: And because I, I, I know people know, like, the examples is obviously the Marlins come, come to mind, but those... Those are the rarities. Those and are the, the outliers. Deal. They're starting
0: second baseman, developed. They're starting catcher, developed. They're starting shortstop, developed. At least they're one starting of their left fielder. Developed, right? That's I'm going to ninety-seven because uh you go to two thousand and three, if I have this right, obviously Pudge takes over at catcher. Charles Johnson isn't there anymore. But when you look at the ninety seven team, you're still looking at a team. That was Edgar Renteria, 19-year-old, developed by them. Luis Castillo, second baseman, developed by them. Charles Johnson, catcher, developed by them. Jeff Conine, outfielder, uh, all-star, developed by them. So that's that's the thing that we forget. Yes, they went and got uh, Kevin Brown and Gary Sheffield and Al Leiter and a whole bunch of other pieces that worked out great. But we forget. We love to forget because we say, they bought it. Man, you talk about... Buying it, the Rangers are trying to buy it because they still haven't developed, even with the Mets, and they are trying to buy it too. Do not get me wrong. The Mets with Scherzer and Verlander and uh, Francisco Lindor, they're trying to buy it too. But they did develop Pete Alonso, who's kind of a all-star first baseman. You know, I mean he's they've developed a few things, and the Rangers need some of these developments. Josh Young has to develop. Yeah. You know, uh one of your center fielders, whether it's Tavares or Bubba Thompson they need to develop if those guys don't develop it's really tough to buy a championship team
2: yeah I I'm I'm very with Mike on the whole expectations of this team this year playoffs might be this far away it could be somebody did text that it could be the moment mid-season where he does where Chris Young says let's go let's go make this the winner that it needs to be But Kevin, I did want to look at Bruce Bochy's history, okay, real quick, just to kind of see how this goes. Nineteen ninety-four, the San Diego Padres were forty-seven and seventy. That's strike season, correct? The next year, seventy and seventy-four. Wow, that is a huge improvement. In two thousand and six, the Giants were seventy-six and eighty-five under Alou. Okay, the next year, seventy-one and ninety-one the next year 72 and 90 and then from there on, 88 92 86 94 wins like so it's not necessarily guaranteed to just flip straight away with that first and some season. yeah but i mean he grows into it like as they acquire the talent necessary you know young pitching and those things and then for the rest of his career with San Francisco they're they're getting into some playoffs with 88 wins. You know, like they're in that sure. range. So I would I would say 84 is a great number to try to attain this year. And if you can do that, it's a really good thing for this club. As you just saw, they added some things. Pitching, I think a lot of people are like, well, we finally got pitching. We should just be winning all the games. You're, you're the rest of the development. And left field and third base has to catch up with some of those things. And the fingers crossed on the pitching health is a massive factor there too. So... I think being 500 or just above 500 this year is is huge. And last year Kevin, we just wanted to be close to 500. Right.
1: No, you're right about that. So there's a few things and this name comes up a lot and I just I hope I'm not hurting this person's feelings from the 469. What about Matt Moore? Matt Moore signed with the Angels yeah. last week. Yeah. And so he is not a viable option. And then the other one that comes up is What about how bad they were in one-run games? So I decided to play that out a little bit. Last year, they were historically terrible in one-run games. They were 15 and 35, all right? So outside of that, they would have been 53 and I think 53 and 59. Okay. Outside of those games. All right, so let's just say you won those one-run games at the same rate you just won your games in general. That would put you at about plus eight wins. I I wonder how many people are factoring that in because now, Mike, I know this is not how it works, but just stay with me. Instead of springboarding from 68, you're like, well, if the numbers just go back to normal, you would have been springboarding off of 76 wins. Right. That feels like a more achievable goal to the playoffs. But for people saying 500, I think 500 is a million percent reasonable. In fact, I think if you don't get maybe a game or two above 500... Some folks are going to be disappointed. and But the one-run game is what I've seen a lot pop up on the fan text. Uh,
0: I agree with that. I think they'll be better at that. I think they'll be 500 in that. Once again, I go back to the bullpen. Yeah. To really be great in one-run games, you have to have guys where you're handing the ball over and you feel like you have three guys that are going to dominate the last nine outs of the game. And the Rangers don't have that. And so, I'm not saying they're going to be bad in one-run games. They're going to be better. I expect them to be around 500. But this team doesn't look like, to me, a great one-run team right now. I hope I'm wrong on a piece of paper. But on if you look at it, they're going to improve. They're going to get better. But, man, if they improve by 20 games, like how many teams improve by 20 games in not, an off season? Yeah, That's
1: tough to do. I will go look into that, but I feel like not a lot. And somebody asked this interesting thought experiment from the eight zero six. Would you rather have DeGrom start 20 games and be awesome or start 35 games and be average? I think I might pick 35 because of the bullpen issues that you talked about because at least you're getting average
2: starting pitching, whereas the replacements,
1: I don't know if they'll be yet.
2: It's going to be awesome. So there's a chance I might see one. Two perfect games? I mean, with Jacob
1: DeGrom, I'm not going to rule anything
0: so out. So I'll,
2: I'll take the entertain, entertainment value this season. I'll and take next a whole year.
0: point higher ERA, just to give you an idea. For the holes. Let's say he has 20 starts at a 2 ERA or 30 starts at a 3 ERA. I'd rather have 30 starts at a 3 ERA. Because I'm assuming those other ten starts are gonna go to Otto or or Dane Dunning and nothing against those guys. Or Oda Rizzi. Or maybe Oda. Yeah. But they're gonna put up a four and a half yeah. ERA. Probably. Yeah. And I'm I'm hoping for four and a half there. So I would rather have all and the other thing too is how much better do you feel about Jacob deGrom going into 2024? Sure. And beyond that point. he had a healthy first year with the Rangers. So to me. I would rather have a ERA, let's just say in the low three. Once you get to high threes, then I worry, oh my God, did we sign a guy that's past his prime? Yeah. So I need it to be in the low threes for 30 starts. Hey, I'd love it to be in the low twos, but I'd rather it be in the threes making every start this year.
1: With the eight one seven, my expectations are seventy-five plus wins and being competitive, meaning don't be eliminated by August from the two one four. Maybe I'm biased. I believe the Rangers can win
2: ninety games. Mike I had a question on your prediction for around 84 yeah are they in it at the end of the season like in a hunt and there's exciting baseball
0: 87 or 88 wins is going to get the last playoff spot most likely it could be last year it was 86 I looked at this the other day the year before it would have been 90 so just to give you an idea because the Mariners didn't make the playoffs in 2021 winning 90 games They've added the extra wild card spot, so they would have made it Mm -hmm. in 21. So the last two years in the American League, 86 got the last spot last year. 90 got the last spot the year before, even if you add the extra spot. So you're looking at approximately 88 wins. If you win 84, unless you win the last 10 games of the year, like if you're right around that number, you're going to have a chance. At the end of the year, we'll be talking about with September baseball, hey, they need to get a little bit hot. They need to play better than they've played, but they have a chance. So that that will be fun. Like I, I think yeah, they're gonna that's, be that's in what it. I'm looking... I think all year long. And there'll be ups and downs. The tough thing about baseball is, and Jared can talk about this doing the post-game show, is no matter what, because we love football so much, people see every sport as football. Yes. And you can't they can't get over that the, the Rangers didn't intentionally lose. But after the fifth inning, they weren't trying to win. They were not going to pitch pitchers to try to win because they have to save pitchers for the rest of the week. And that frustrates fans that you're down four to two and you start pitching a couple guys that you don't like. And you're like, but we ended up scoring two more runs, but we gave up three more and we lost seven to four. It's like, hey, this is one hundred and sixty two games. I can't. I can't play this like it's a do-or-die situation. The last three weeks of the year, you start playing a lot more do-or-die situations with because you're like, look, if we wear them out now, so what? We're, we're only 15 games left. we got to try to make this push here.
2: Yeah, and that, Kevin, for me, that's the part that gets really exciting is whenever you know, all right, July's on its way, and we yeah. have an albatross yeah, yeah, where yeah, we're yeah. not going to be talking about anything fun. Like, I want to be talking about fun baseball in August. Absolutely. We're the KNC
1: Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, Corey's theory about the Mavs reverse engineering their season. Plus, Mike likes it. Plus, our giveaway. All part of the Expressway. We'll do next right here on The Fan.
3: you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
2: Pick by McGee. Low pass to Green.
1: Green. Wide open. Josh Green, bullseye on the three-point try. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan. Let's dive into Corey's theory about the Mavs reverse engineering their season. And then perhaps before we get to Mike Likes It, is the XFL already dead. Is, so we've got a lot to get into. But, Corey, I'm going to cede is my time XFL to you. I, look, it's I just saw the ratings. They are pretty terrible.
2: Oh, no. Who would have thought?
1: Worse than the All-Star game.
2: Yes, and then worse than the XFL
1: from a couple of years
2: ago. Now, Mike, I you are the most passionate. You are as passionate about the Mavericks as I am about the Cowboys, I think. Yeah, right? they're
0: my team. As much as maybe Mark Cuban gets upset with me, I care about them the way that most people care about the Cowboys. So it's always interesting to me that people can get upset with me at an organization because I'm critical. Right. Because it's the team I want to win the most. It's like you can't have it both ways. You can't have we want the coverage of the Cowboys but we want no
2: critical thinkers on our team. Yeah. The when it comes to when it comes to the Mavericks I'm not on the team but following. I'm team. stealing this directly from Donnie Nelson, I believe. And I think it was, like I first heard him discuss this during the Avery Johnson era and it was they said something along the lines of we look at our schedule and Mike, I don't know if managers ever talked to you about this. With baseball season, but we look at our schedule from the end back, and that's how we plan our schedule. Is we know some NBA does, yeah. yeah, That's we don't do that in baseball. Okay, well, this is I heard Donnie Nelson say this, and he kind of elaborated. This is a long time ago. He elaborated a little more to try and explain you know, your team's gonna change at some point in the season, whether it's injury, whether it's a trade. At some point in the season, you're not gonna have the team you started your season with. And I think that's where I know some people will be like, "Dude, basketball doesn't start until the football season's over." That's not the way I look at it. You have to play the schedule. You have to play the the Novembers. You have to play the Decembers. You got to get through sure. that, and that's going to put you in a fine position. That's where Mike, you may want the tryhard team early on in the season to really put you in a good position. Position at trade deadline to add something even better to it, so that you have something to go challenge in the playoffs, whenever I think the playoffs can, come around.
0: I think you could really take advantage of October through December yeah. if you tried hard because most teams now don't, don't try. It's the thing about what the NBA fan, I should say the non-NBA fan says about the NBA, somehow the players and the organizations have decided to follow that route of don't try hard for three months, sit out a lot of games, mm-hmm. Who cares if you win or lose? These are practice games, anyways. And if you did the opposite, if you're like, we're gonna come into the season ready to go, these games mean as much as April games do. They all count the same. I don't get more. I don't get more for a win in in April as I do. Like you can really take advantage of the way the NBA is done, but I don't think anybody wants to try that.
2: Yeah, it'll put you in a really good position. You know whenever you're looking at the end of the schedule are you having a fight down the stretch or did you do all that work in november and october did you do that then so but whenever i i, I heard I saw jason kidd said this mike and you might be able to to work with me on this when talking about kind of christian wood and kind of what they're doing he said look here soon we're going to have our our we're going to get our rotation set and that made me think like Again, this is nothing against you being excited about opening night of basketball. But it made me think again that this is where this whole team has been practicing up to this point. Like Luca and all this, like this team looks different now with Kyrie for sure because of some of the things that they're hoping to implement in the next 20 games or so. But they look different than they did by far a couple of weeks ago even. And so they haven't, my idea, Mike, is that Throughout this season, you were going nuts with every single play. Every, you were, I mean, your heart and passion is all in this thing. And so, whenever, and I'm almost like, did, was it wasted? Because now this is like a whole new thing. You know, you're, they're not even in their playoff rotation yet. And so, when does that point really start? And I think that now Jason Kidd's looking at it going, we're getting ready for the playoffs for the next 22 games and into the playoffs we're going to be a different kind of team i don't know if they're going to say hey you know what we're starting christian wood from here on and he's going to roll out there we're all offense try and catch our offense for the next 20 games and into the playoffs and i also don't know if he's like hey i always love this jason terry comes off the bench and he's the greatest six man and i just got to convince uh this uh, uh christian wood character to become that kind of guy you mm-hmm. know and become a jason terry selfless everything about him. I'm going to do what I can to make sure I'm that dude whenever I step on the court. I don't know what that, what that part is, but I do see that Jason kid's at a point now where he's like, okay, now's the time where we start kicking everything into high gear. And I do wonder Kevin, if that the early part of the season is, I can't get that dramatic about it. I I don't get that concerned about it that early because and y'all heard me all season long. Wait until the other side of the new year. Wait till the new year comes along, and then I'm going to be. Not because I hate basketball up to that point. It's just because I don't believe that most of the NBA, and I didn't believe that the Mavericks were the team they were going to be in the playoffs. Hell, we didn't know that Jalen Brunson was going to be Jalen Brunson in the playoffs at the beginning of last year. How convinced are
1: you that the Mavericks can do that work in such a quick amount of time with
2: such a major new addition? Well, because it's Kyrie and like the dude's a smart basketball player, because Jason Kidd is a high IQ guy, because Luca is a high IQ basketball player. The only thing that really matters to me now is trying to figure, and Mike's been all over this, trying to figure out their rebounding and defense. And, you know, Jason Kidd will tell you like the defense is really part of the details and part of, you know, committing yourself to it and everything. But that's the only concern for me right now. I think Luka can win you playoff games like he can single handedly do it. And now he's got a superstar that can do the same thing for you as well. So for I am convinced that they can do something interesting. But if somebody I mean, the matchups are going to be a key too. if somebody has a mismatch and they're like, all right, Dwight Powell, good luck for 15 minutes tonight in the playoffs. We're screwed on that respect for sure. And that's a problem I think Mike's been detailing is we got to figure out how to add that or find something to replace that and that kind of became a lost cause because nobody wants Dwight Powell or that contract but i think because you have two very smart offensive players and two very you know smart superstars that they can get this together really quickly.
1: So then starting obviously tonight cuz lord I'm going to tell you this if they lose this game then I'm just going to be I'm going to be so <laughs> so depressed cuz the Spurs are like no we're actively trying to uh, end all of this. Are you going to be outside of just the wins and losses? I get that. Yeah. Are you looking for the rotational patterns or are you more specifically focusing in on the final five minutes? Are you looking to see how the defense looks or is it just how Kyrie and Luka merge? Or tonight, is it
0: all, all of that? Tonight, I'm looking for not rotations at all because here's the deal Dwight Powell's going to play 24 minutes a night in a regular season. And then game. Not in the playoffs. And he's playoffs. not going to play in the playoffs. He's yeah. pathetic in the playoffs. And we don't have
2: Maxi back yet. So there's still a not lot back.
0: there. Um, so I'm going to look for Luca and Kyrie just playing off of each other. I do think it's very important to get a win because the stupid national media, which I hey Skip Bayless gets paid whatever ten million dollars a year. The dude is a moron, mm-hmm. but he gets paid that money, and Spit they facts. they put the clips out there on national media that he thinks Kyrie and Luca like they played two games together, yeah. dude. They're averaging a 124 and a half points in those two games. Like I get they've lost, but. I want to just see their chemistry uh, more and more. Also, uh, how the pace of play is when they're both on the court. Yes. Because come playoff time, they're never going to play their playoff rotation in the regular season. Unless the last five games are like, oh, my God, we screwed up so bad the first 50 games of the year, D and around. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about defense is that we found ourselves in a horrible position because that's the thing, Corey, what you're talking about is. They've put themselves in a horse s position because they didn't care about fifty games. Now they cared probably about thirty five of these fifty games, but there's fifteen games where I mean, Corey you, or Kevin, you can back me up on this. It was like, do you guys even care to play basketball tonight?
2: I know I'm with you, and I, all you had to do
0: was care, and yeah, you'd win. I, I absolutely games.
2: believe that. Is Talk Franco? I follow him on on Twitter. He works for D Magazine, and he said they play the Spurs tonight, the worst team in the NBA. The last time they played them, Luka scored fifty one. And had to uh, perfectly execute a missed free throw to win the game. Like that's that to to what you're saying there. Yes, they put themselves in a bad position. I wonder though if kid was griping about everything in December. Like he's been sarcastic. If he was out there just calling the team out in December. Does it mean as much if he does it again here in the next couple of weeks? Whenever they need that, oh, hold on, that's a wake up call. Or even like if they need point. a wake
0: up call on this homestand, this you might as well just pack up your bags. They should just, have you're energy. Not going they should have yeah.
2: massive energy coming back from a break that was needed. Luca needed a break, dude. Like sure. he, like his body was. was he just, took a break in the all He day. absolutely did. So like they needed that break, but to get back into, hey, we get we need a practice to get these guys on the same page and we need some opportunities to do that here at home, I think that's important as well for for Kyrie and Luca to get on the same page because that's where this team is going to be. What this, will be
0: interesting real quick is yeah. around the NBA is will we see teams actually try the last 22, 23 games of the year? Because this has been the least try I've ever seen in NBA history for a season.
1: Because I wonder, I think you will with some of them. Like, for like example – Uh, Yeah, I wonder about the Bucs, Celtics, and 76ers in terms of jockeying for a home court position. Like, Do the 76ers view it as, hey, we could still bump into that and hold home court over Milwaukee or Boston in the second round, or if that's not the case? You know, LeBron said these are the most important 23 games of his career. I think that's an overstatement, but if that's how he views it or that's how he fires himself up, I'll be curious about that. I think Denver can cruise to the top seed. I don't think the Clippers give a damn about what seed they are. And Phoenix. But don't you think they care about six? Uh, as long as they stay in the top six, yes. All of that, as long as they stay yeah. in the top six. And I think Phoenix is like, well, all we need to do is make sure that we're right. By the time the playoffs start, with Kevin Durant in the mix, and we'll yeah. will be okay. I just
0: don't think you want to get in that seven through ten. Scene. I agree. Whether you're Phoenix, LA, who the Dallas, hell knows? yeah, you you play, have a bad game. I, another guy gets hot. You know, you're playing. Let's just say, let's just say you're playing the Clippers, and Reggie Jackson freaking can't miss. Right? That's happened to us in the playoffs. Where we're not worried about Reggie Jackson, and then Reggie Jackson, or against the Mavericks. I don't like the guy. As in, I like him as a person. Tim Hardaway Jr. can shoot you to a win that you weren't yeah. expecting because he can get into one. He's a bad shooter overall. He's a streaky shooter. But if he gets hot at the right time, he's unstoppable. And so that's where that 7 through 10 scares you in the West. And the My Mavs God. are going to have to play really hard the rest of the way to hold on to a 3 through 6 seed.
2: I don't think – and I think last year last year was great because we got to see Luka shine. Like, we really did. But – what did you take from last year? Well, you don't have enough around Luka to actually go be great, like to be a a team that's going to beat that kind of buzzsaw Golden State championship team. That's what we got from it, as opposed to what would have been really awesome is, hey, we need home court. Like, we have to have home court. And that's like, I remember the Dirk Dirk saying, hey, this is something that's actually important to us. We have to play during the regular season to ensure that we have that because it's going to be a factor whenever the playoffs roll around. And I'm not saying that Jason Kidd doesn't know that or that Luca doesn't know that for any point. But so far, they haven't had that whenever it's late in the the playoffs to go, okay, we have everything we need. We have to make sure that during the regular season, we put ourselves not in a seven through nine position. We put ourselves in a three through one position to be the best team out in the playoff run.
1: Point spread 14 for tonight. Couple quick notes for you before Mike likes it is. MLB.com says the Rangers will use Glenn Otto, Owen White, Jose Leclerc, and Chase Lee, among others, tomorrow in the opener, spring training opener. No DeGrom, huh? Against, okay, why would you do that? In the spring training opener against the Royals.
0: And I I will say real quick, when you say no DeGrom, I know you're having fun, but they have looked at this. Baseball does look at this. If DeGrom is your opening day starter, they've already set up his rotation in spring training so that he'll be so that on that day opening day is it's like his fifth day or sixth day so like so you'd have to start already playing the like the game of like you want him pitching if march 30th is opening day or opening night i can't remember if it's a day game or night game for the rangers i think it's a day game at 3 p.m
1: we'll be out there
0: is i think that you want him pitching probably on the 23rd or 24th so you kind of have to already have your plan set up his last game of spring training is like the 23rd or
2: 24th what would be amazing then kevin is if they reverse engineered the the baseball schedule and here we are planning where he's going to be in the world series I mean, for you his should final be pitch. able to theoretically do that
1: <laughs> is all right from the 817 i want to read this text and i appreciate them reaching out giving a well thought out Text. I just don't view it that way. You don't think Luca's still hungover? Not that. Okay. From the 817, I wish y'all would quit being negative on the XFL. Some people can't afford to see the Cowboys in person, and this is football. If it's not your cup of tea, that's fine, but some of us enjoy football of any kind and wish you'd stop being so negative. All right. I totally get it. So I do too. Here's the issue with that it's not. Me, in this instance, I'm just going to tell you the cold, hard facts that people don't care so far. And, like, that's the issue the league's going to run into. Carter was out there, and he told us, we talked about the attendance was 12,000, and he was like, that was too high.
2: Did he want you to expose
1: that he broke that news? Okay, Carter was there. He said the attendance was 12,000. We believe (laughs) that number was too high. All right, there you go. Also, they had a horrid opening weekend of viewership. All right, so the average XFL game, there was four games. It was 1.19 million viewers. Now, to put that in perspective and why it's problematic, the 2020 XFL average game, 3.3 million viewers. That's a lot. Yeah, so it's down a ton since then. The Alliance of American Football, again, fake football, AAF, averaged 3.25 million, and even the USFL... Average 3.06 million. So even from the other like offshoot football leagues, this is down massively from that. And we've seen traditionally the XFL, USFL ratings, they go down from here. So when you start at an average of 1.19 million viewers, which is down from about 3.3 million of your last reboot. That is hugely problematic for the league. If you love the league,
2: rock on. I'm just not sure how viable this is going to be if that's your starting point. Why, why did why do you think, Kevin, that a couple of years ago those numbers were so significantly higher? What was the... That caught the intrigue. I just. It's different right now. But I think that was the kickoff, right? Is you're like, all right, I'll give it another shot because I
1: love the old XFL. And you're like, all right, I get it. It's just this level of football. Same with the AAF, same with the USFL. And you're like, no, I get it. And you're just doing the exact same thing. Yeah, okay. All right, we're the KNC masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Got Mike likes it about 10 seconds. But before we get to that, we have
0: something to 877-881-1053,
1: 877-881-1053, caller number 10, wow. will win a four-pack of tickets to the Frisco Baseball Classic at Riders Field in Frisco on March 3rd and March 5th. You can buy tickets at FriscoClassic.com, or you can win them for free right now. 877-881-1053. Well, how about some Mike likes it?
0: All right, so I wanted to discuss a little bit more of what Corey was talking about, but not basketball. Baseball. Because you said, I, do baseball players or baseball teams see it the same way? They work backwards from the schedule. And I and, don't know,
2: Mike, that all basketball right. teams do. That was just a theory that Nelson threw out there. Yeah.
0: When they tried it basketball. Um, by the way, <laughs> I'm starting to like not want to collect, real quick, this is just off the top of my head, current basketball players. Really? Because I don't think we're really, they don't appreciate the game the way that, Older players appreciated the game. Let me ask you this question: Do you think Luca appreciates the game as much as Dirk Nowitzki appreciated the game?
2: Ooh. As oh. you answer your phone,
1: Corey's got a phone Dude, what call. What is about happening? That?
0: It might be Dirk.
2: Um. Nah. No, I don't. I think Dirk had a different, like, a completely different perspective on everything than Luca does. I think, uh, like. Just his the way he and Holger worked together, and the way that he thought of basketball as jazz, he had a deeper interest in the sport. I think Luke is really, really good at it. There, are a lot that comes from the fact that he, you know, was practicing at a very young age at a very high level. Uh, comes along with that too, but I think. I think that Dirk had a—and, you know, maybe Dirk at 22 years old had a different perspective, but I'm remembering the Dirk that got older and wanted that championship, that one championship so bad.
1: I think, yes, just in a different way than we normally think is caring about basketball. Like, I think he cares about basketball. I just don't think it's the same in terms of, like, singular pursuit of this or that.
0: Yeah, I just felt like, you know, back in when— Steve Nash and Dirk and Finley and others started taking the maths to winning basketball. How fun were the maybe it's because there was a decade of really crap, but I mean, there was five years of real crap around here, too, from mm-hmm. about 2014 to 2019. It was really crap basketball here in yeah. Dallas with fake, with 100% fake sellouts. Like, I don't know if they sold out a game, but we put the fake sellout keep that thing street around. Going. Is I just I wonder on like just. Winning meant so much more. Like, they cared about seeding. I don't know. They cared about the regular season more. You go back even further, you know, in time, but I'm just going to t- the two star players in Mavs history and nothing against luca luca's doing what every player's doing. I don't think Zion cares that he misses 50 games a year. He's like, I don't care. Like, I'm going to play in 30. I'm still going to get. 14 million dollars a year 20 million dollars a year from michael jordan and i'm still gonna get a max out salary i don't even have to play basketball they're still gonna max me out to the max money i can make playing
1: you know what some of, one of the things that i thought about a while back is it was when jabari parker signed his deal and he got like 20 million a year or something like that and he goes well look they don't play you to play they don't pay you to play defense that was always something that like stood out to yeah. me and he still got paid he was right yeah
0: Okay, so now going to baseball, and you asked about how do baseball teams kind of see things. We see them by series. Yes. Uh, so that's really the way that we look at uh, games. Now, obviously, basketball, they have mini series that happen every once in a while. But when you look at kind of the way the Rangers would look at it, they would say, look, when we're at home, we want to win those series. You never really look at sweeping things. If you yeah. win the first two, you're like, hey, let's let's take care of business. But you look at just how tough it is to sweep a team. you look at winning series. and if you go on the road and let's just say the Rangers are going on an East Coast road trip and they're playing the Yankees, the Blue Jays, and the Red Sox. You look at it and go, let's just say it's a 10 game situation instead of a nine game situation just to make it easier, you're looking at it and going, hey, not that we're conceding games to the New York Yankees. Let's get a game in New York. We can get a game in New York. Hey, the the Red Sox, they're not very good. Like, let's see if we can take this Red Sox yeah. series here and let's see if maybe, you know, the Blue Jays are a tough team too. But hey man, we come out of this thing five and five. You're not really you're not looking at big goals there, but you're like, we come out of this thing on the road on this road trip five and five. Hey, you know what? We didn't we didn't hurt ourselves, we didn't help ourselves too much, but You know, when you start off the season for the Rangers, and I know I'm getting way ahead of myself here, but you start off against Philadelphia, obviously defending champs uh, in the National League. Baltimore had a good year, but that doesn't mean that they're better than you. They're younger than you and very talented, but I don't want to say better than you. And then you head to Chicago for the Cubs. I don't think they're that great. They got better in the offseason, but they're not great. You start looking at, all right, that homestand. We want to be four and two after that homestand. Yep. Three and three's not, And look, it doesn't kill you to go one and five. It's not the end of the world. But you just look at that homestand: Philadelphia and Baltimore. And you're like, "Hey, man, like this, we're starting off at home. We got the energy. We're going to have a sellout on opening night. We're going to have probably still a pretty good crowd on Saturday. Uh, you know, the second game of the year because it is a uh, Saturday game. Uh, like, we're going to have the energy. We're going to have the crowd behind us." Let's let's get off to to a really nice start yeah. here. Even though we have competition, we get off to a four and two start. Uh, we're going to be in good shape, and and you know that's the way kind of baseball teams more look at it than maybe a basketball team looks at it. Because basketball teams, to me at this point, look at games and go, "Who cares? They don't want to play." That well, I, really
1: bothers. I'm just real quick. That really bothers you a lot. A lot like that's a come bunch. up. A l-
0: I think it is disgusting. I, and I don't use that word a lot because I think it's a tough... It's disgusting to me what NBA players have done to this league.
2: Okay, that's and that's where I wanted... To, does the root of that come from AAU? I don't know. I don't know where it came
0: because, from, that winning. In, I think scientists have come into the game in a weird way okay. and said, who cares about the regular season? Get rest. Don't play hard. And it's like, yeah, scientists, do you understand that winning these games matter a lot to setting ourselves up in the playoffs? And the scientists will say... Well, don't you want them being somewhat healthy for the playoffs? And yeah. you're like, What does it matter if I'm a six seed or I'm playing in the play-in situation? You scientists have taken me to a situation that's almost impossible to win in the playoffs.
2: My, my question. And you don't have proven science on this either. We're still studying. We're still practicing. <laughs> um, my question kind of leads then, like, with – the idea, let's say it is AAU because it's, in AAU it's a showcase. Right. You're showcasing your talents. It's
0: one on one basketball and, and, f- and five guys are out there.
2: Yeah. And then they get to this level and they're like, hey, I'm still trying to showcase my talents, but they don't know what they're showcasing their talents for. Right. And baseball, Mike, and I'm trying to figure it out tournaments were the thing. You're trying to win a, a you know, the Maybank tournament, the Ennis tournament, the AM tournament, whatever. You were trying to win those things in high school. And I don't know at whatever level. And I guess in the minor leagues, you're still winning. You're trying to win series. Are you playing individual games? Minor
0: leagues. It's individual games, not series? They don't don't promote the team if you guys do well. They promote the player who did well. That being said, you still have goals as teams. You want to make the playoffs. You want to do stuff like that. Don't get me wrong. But minor league baseball, it really gets confusing because a lot of People tell you, like, man, this was the first time that baseball felt like the World Baseball Classic or playoff baseball felt like high school or college baseball because – Minor league baseball doesn't feel or once you make a team and you're established, you get a three year deal in the major leagues like, okay, now it's about winning because I got my money. I got my contract. I'm stable. I've made the major leagues. Now it's about winning. But that whole time from high school or college to professional baseball, all it becomes is about yourself. Yeah, because you got to promote yourself to the next level.
2: And like that was a big deal for Wash when the Rangers were managed by Mawash, he was like, and maybe Michael Young was part of that, but they wanted to win series. If you won right. one, lost the next one, game three was important. Like you you could see they played a different game. That ne- They treated it as if it was do or die. And and I did wonder if that was something that was developed at a young age when when, bas- when baseball was fun and through those tournaments and those kinds of things, as opposed to where basketball is a different thing
0: i wonder this through aau and through select baseball let's just talk about those two teams because football is lucky i know that they have seven on seven things now and a little bit of spring football stuff i totally get that but high school football means everything winning and losing on friday night still means everything and in baseball and basketball what we've done is we've said school ball is not important in fact i'm wearing an a&m hat i know coach slosh from That's getting recruited right. by him when he was at Tulane. They don't even go and watch high school baseball much anymore. Colleges aren't even recruiting high school baseball games anymore because they're playing on Tuesday night. Showcase like Tuesday, Tuesday night. night, AM played Lamar, unfortunately. A yeah. and M lost, but and then this weekend they're playing a whole weekend series. So instead of they're like, Look, instead of doing this, we have so many opportunities to see these kids play in summer ball through whatever the Dallas Mustangs, Dallas Tigers, whatever, you know, like all this select ball. And all of a sudden high school baseball doesn't become as important. Well, high school baseball like it meant everything it's to me. Fun. I still have not been to University of Texas to their baseball field to this day cuz I promised myself I wouldn't go there unless I played for a state championship for Duncanville. It wow. meant everything to us. And I'm like, I'm not going to that school until I play for a state championship in basketball and I stay and I play for a state championship in baseball. And I never went to those I've I still never have been to those places because of wow. that promise and I'm 45 years old and so it meant a lot to kids in the 80s and 90s I don't know when it changed but it changed at some point point. 96 was the last year I played obviously high school sports it changed at some point where AAU was more important than playing for Duncanville High School and playing for the Dallas Mustangs was more important than playing for Duncanville High School and because of that change somehow in basketball we've gotten to the point where I don't care about winning basketball games in the regular season i only care about myself i care about my stats i care about entertaining and if i don't feel like doing it i'm just not going to do it tonight i'm just going to walk up and down the court or have a night off because the scientist said having a night off will make me the greatest basketball player in the world and so i do worry about baseball that
2: way i I just think there should be so much pride in playing for your team Mm -hmm. uh and you make great relationships. Yeah. I, My best friends to this day, I'll, I play baseball with in high school. Like, I still, we That's are circle. the tightest. Well, Kevin, I didn't know you then. <laughs> but Very similar to my wedding situation.
0: I do hear this. Do you know how hard I would have been kicked in the balls by my pitching coach if I would have said my dad's my pitching coach?
1: Hmm. <laughs> yeah. And now
0: you hear of players, when they reach a certain level, The hitting coach for the Texas Rangers is not your hitting coach. The pitching coach for the Texas Rangers is not your pitching coach. It's your individual pitching coach that you work with in the offseason or whatever. And that's weird to me that that has become the trend. Now, honest to God, I would have liked that because my dad was a better pitching coach than any pitching coach I ever had in professional baseball. For me, I'm not saying for the whole team, but for me, he knew my ticks, he knew my things that I got off, like that would get me offline that would yeah. that would oh all of a sudden, I'm not throwing strikes or I'm not throwing the ball where I want to. I know what I almost said <laughs> but I paused that would have been problematic Joey yeah. at his head yeah. up real fast, but that would have been best for me, but it wouldn't have been best for the team to have twelve individual pitching coaches for yeah. every for every person on the team, and you're starting to see this, and I don't. Something happened. I know we're done, we're done with time, but something has really happened in basketball that here we go the second half, and I'm wondering, will the Mavs even care about the second half?
1: We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, how about a little C-block starring Corey Majors?
2: I think Kevin's insane. Why? Yeah, we'll play the commercial next.